What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo. And as always, Farbad Esnashari is with me. This podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online, Indeed, and Blue Wire. Farbad, I know usually you introduce yourself, but we gotta we gotta save some time and get right into it. The Clippers had their first two preseason meetings of the year. Actually, hold on, before we get into that, how are you doing? So I'm gonna introduce myself because this is like touching another I man's am- radio. This is like touching I- another man's radio. You don't just introduce another person after seven months or whatever it's been. Hello. It's been I think it's been like nine months. Hello. We have yo, a baby. Yo. My is name is Arhabad Esnashari from Sports Illustrated. See, okay. I think you're still I think you're still a little bit in shock that I haven't butchered your last name at all. I mean, I think my last name's easier than my first name, to be honest. I think it just looks more daunting. I don't know where to go with that. I was gonna make a joke about something looking more daunting, but I mean, and I guess the joke I could make is the Clippers have looked more daunting in other games than they have in the preseason so far. Um, so far through two games, Clippers lost 87-81 to the Lakers, lost 131-106 to the Lakers. They're 0-2. Um, my biggest takeaway from preseason, and we'll get into some of the other ones, is who cares? It's preseason. Um, preseason results don't matter, folks. Just throwing that out there. You got anything to disagree with that with? No, but man, they put Kyle Kuzma to work in those two games. I mean, like, they did the same thing to Montres Harrell. No, but in that first game, Kuzma played more minutes than anyone in the entire NBA. I, I checked. And in the second game, the only person who played more than him was Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, he's he's getting put to work, man. Taylor Horton Tucker's averaging 39 minutes a game, and Kyle Kuzma is just, just below that. Montrez yeah, playing 29 minutes a night for them. Good grief. I, I mean, I don't think anybody else is really getting worked like that. Not really. I mean, I good for them. They're getting playing time. The The biggest thing, though, to me is just Zoo coming out of the starting lineup. Hey, real quick. Real quick. We'll get into that. Real quick. Can you name who the leading minutes player is for the Clippers in the preseason? Like per game? Is it Terrence Mann? It is Terrence Mann, 
Can you name who's number two? Uh, part of me wants to say Zubats. He's third. Um, who else? Do, oh, Fee. Actually, no. He's below Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are averaging 16 minutes a game. Fee's at 14.9. The guy in second, averaging 19.1 minutes per game in the preseason. Patrick Patterson. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, this is what I mean when I say the preseason doesn't matter. Amir Coffey's getting 17 minutes a night, fifth highest on the team. None of this matters. It doesn't matter. Uh, Yes, back to your original point. Ivica Zubats is no longer the starting center. Yeah. Go ahead. For as long as we know, we, we I mean it could it could switch, but for as of right now moving forward he's not. Yes, as of right now, every indication that Tyloo has given from when we've talked about media stuff is Sergi Bach is the starting center. That's what we've been able to take away. He said it. He's now in Tyloo's defense, he did say as we get into further along into the season, he may reevaluate some things, but that's that makes it sound like Sergi Baca is just the starting center. Like that's there's no other question. So Sergi Baca started the first two preseason games. Ivica Zubats came off the bench, and I mean, it kind of stinks for Zubats from a from a perspective because this is a guy who was the only Clipper who played in every game last season. And he started 70 of the 72 regular season games. He's their starting center. He was their starting center after he came over in a trade two years ago. I mean, granted, he uh, lost his starting spot in the postseason to Jermichael Green, but he's their starting center and he's no longer the starting center. And it was kind of understandable. The more I thought about it, the more it makes sense with Ibaka starting and and Zubats off the bench. But it's so weird, right? First of all, you just said the word starting center a lot in the last five seconds. Second of all, the phrase, I, not word. I don't, I don't know if I like the move. I mean, there's not, there, there really isn't that much time to evaluate it because it, it does seem like Zubats's performance off the bench is going to, it feels like it's going to hinge a lot on Lou Williams and maybe Reggie Jackson, but a lot on Lou Williams. I just, I don't know if I like, the more dynamic player in the starting lineup and surge instead of coming off the bench. It just feels like they're kind of just, it doesn't really mean anything in the preseason, but it felt like they wasted zoos minutes every single time in both games. Like they did nothing meaningful with him off the bench whatsoever. Uh, Especially because I thought the starting lineup was fine. I thought the, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I thought the starting lineup didn't really need too much changes. I, the only change you could give was like maybe the Pat Beverly position, but I, I that wasn't what I was expecting going into the start of the season. Oh, and one other caveat before we continue talking about this, Marcus Morris senior did not play either of the first two preseason games. He's currently out with what has been diagnosed as knee soreness. When we asked Ty Lu like what the timetable is on, Marcus Morris, like if he's going to be ready by opening day, he said it's day to day and there's really no timetable, which could mean a whole host of things. So for now, Nicholas Batum has been starting to power forward and I thought he's looked okay. I mean, it is what it is. Um, 
By the way, Nick Batum, every time he's on the media stuff, very nice guy. Well, Morris was shooting on the court from what I remember, too, pregame. He was. It was light post-work. So he wasn't completely, like, incapacitated. It's not like he was in a boot or, you know... But I will say, that is also deceiving because it's a very controlled environment. It's no real quick movements. It's not like you're really potential to damage the knee, so... It could just be a tendonitis issue, which that's tricky too. So we'll see. I mean, man, it's not good to have injuries going into the season. Not this season, at least. Or any season, actually. I don't know why I said this season, but yeah. Um, it's it's uh, go ahead. It's pretty frustrating if you're a Clipper fan from the standpoint of like, it feels like too... Like the whole off season, not off season, the whole time before the bubble, the whole hiatus, it was all about winning the weight and like everybody were like, we're finally healthy. This is going to be a full training camp, fully healthy. And then like, as soon as they got to the bubble, everything collapses. And then now in this situation, the same situation, we're finally healthy. We have Kawhi and PG in the training camp. Well, Marcus Morris has Nisaurus and... Reggie Jackson had an excused absence and it's like, okay, so I guess we're not fully healthy again. And we don't know when we are going to be fully healthy. It's a, it's just feels like the same story. Ty Lu did say on Tuesday that Reggie Jackson and Chauncey Billups were back. So take that for what it's worth. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, do you know who the leading scorer? Uh, it's a tie leading scorer for the Clippers in the preseason is. Oh, that I have no clue. Paul George at nine and a half. I mean, he's tied for first with nine and a half in 16 minutes a night. And also with nine and a half, but in six minutes a game, Lou Williams, who's missed one shot. Lou is a very good preseason player. Lou literally has just, by the way, I like the chemistry he's slowly developing with Zubats. I think it's really nice, actually. Um, Zubats screens are really helping him. Uh, I did a video breakdown on Tuesday of how the Clippers, like there was nine possessions uh, in Lou's time on the floor with Zubats on Sunday, nine possessions where the Clippers either ran direct screen action with, with Zubats and Lou or a handoff from Zoo to, to Lou. And the Clippers scored 16 points on those nine possessions. So I don't know, man. Looks like it could be a nice little uh, chemistry duo there. I mean, we're going to have to see. Obviously, Lou and Trez had a nice chemistry together, but... You know, I mean, I, 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 the more I thought about it, the more I'm okay with Zoo being the bench center because he's a major rim protector, top five rim protector in the league last season, great rebounder, seven-footer. And how many teams are you playing that bring true seven-footers off the bench? You know what I mean? So it should be an advantage for him both on the boards and in the post. I mean, it should, but I just – I don't know how I feel about, like, in this shortened season where to me, it seems clearly like the guys who have the least changes going into it are going to have the most advantage because they just, there's very little time to like get anything done this off season. It feels like in terms of like, it's very like getting plays down and any of that, like it just seems like, okay, so they're gonna have a new offensive scheme, a new starting lineup, a new bench. Like it's, it's just a, a lot new defensive at once. scheme under Dan Craig. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot at once for the team to go into with this shortened season. But granted, we'll see what happens opening night. Like they could be chilling 
opening night. I mean, I tried to ask Paul George, like, what percentage do you think your plays are at in terms of you know your confidence? But he didn't really give me the clear cut answer that I wanted. But like, that's that's where I want to know. Like, are they only like thirty percent in? Are they forty percent in? Where are they? In where terms are they of like at? playbook? Yeah. So I asked Ty Lu that same thing Sunday pregame. And he basically said like they just it's they're scratching the surface and the stuff that they ran on Sunday was stuff that they were taught on Saturday. So it's it's very rudimentary stages like I would imagine the first. Three week, two to three weeks of the season, the Clippers are going to have a basic offense and slow then slowly start to pick up the intricacies. The more they practice, the more they play, like they're going to be able to like understand they're running a lot of good stuff. I like the stuff they're running. They just have to learn how to run it at the right speed. Uh, the, the timing has to be right. Like you can tell that they're at, like, this is why I don't care about preseason results, by the way. They're like you said, they're le- learning a new offense, a new defense, new coaching staff, incorporating new players, including potentially two new starters, depending on Marcus Morris's injury, which I'm counting Nick Batum as a new starter right now. Um, new bench pieces, guys being mishmashed around. And they're trying to learn this all on the fly in a very short period of time. And when you actually watch them on the floor in the preseason, you could see them thinking about where to be. That's why like a lot of their offensive sets early on, like some of them got to like seven or eight on the shot clock or a little bit lower because they're trying to understand where to be, how to move, what to do. It's, it's a lot of, it takes time. That's why I'm telling people like, be patient. They might not win opening night. They might not win on Christmas, but you got to be patient. This isn't a sprint and understand there's 10 fewer games this regular season, but it's going to take some time. You got to give them time to get stuff down. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the United States are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, that's why I also wouldn't mind them not trying to do everything all at once the way that it feels like they're doing it to start the season. I just kind of would rather not fix the, I mean, to me, the starting lineup was, it was, I could be wrong, but it, it felt very, if it ain't broke, don't fix it in the starting lineup. It was lineup a very side. good lineup. So I don't know why we're reinventing the wheel this hard. So the more I thought about it, the more I realized, I think it's because they're trying to get, um, First off, Kawhi and PG more space with Ibaka. And number two, I think they kind of just thought that Beverly and Ibaka could play together. And if Beverly and Ibaka could play together, then anybody could play together. I'm not saying because they have beef or anything. I'm saying because Beverly isn't what you would call a prototypical point guard. He's not a pass first point guard. I mean, he passes more than anything. But what I'm saying is like he's not a natural facilitator. But in the first preseason game, and even a little bit in the second one, it looked like he and Ibaka had a nice little chemistry with each other. You know, like they're reading some of the same stuff and and, and flowing very well together. So I kind of look at it as here's two guys that if they're able to play together, the superstars on the team added into that. And then like Marcus Morris, obviously, who can get his stuff, catch and shoot, you know, pull up at the rim doesn't matter he's good all around on the offensive end um it just helps and i think they really wanted ibaka because of something that i've noticed on film which is he struggles defensively when he has to go on the perimeter against like smaller guards so i think they trust zoo more to do that off the bench and by having ibaka in the starting lineup you minimize how often he would get switched onto smaller guards with that bench lineup. So if if you were facing the, like, would you switch the lineup per team? Like if you were facing the Nuggets, you know, with Jokic or the Lakers with Marc Gasol, would you keep Serge Ibaka the starter or would you move it to Zoo in that sense? So that's the million dollar question, right? Because we've been trying to figure that out. Um, Maybe he goes Ibaka Zubats together. Maybe he goes, you know, uh, Zubats as the starting center and then Morris at the four and it's the regular starting lineup, Ibaka off the bench. Maybe it's Ibaka with Morris or Ibaka with Batum, like all this stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a very tricky thing. And that's where the Morris injury kind of comes into play because we don't know. Like if Morris is healthy and playing, then obviously we have a better understanding of like all these things. But that's why I'm worried about the Morris injury, not from the standpoint of, oh, my God, this guy's out. But from the standpoint of, oh, my God, this guy's out and he's not getting any time in a new system to learn. And that's the problem for me personally is like he's going to have a learning curve as well. However, I will say this. The Clippers have more options now than they did last season. Like Montrezl Harrell couldn't start. 
He just couldn't. And having two guys who are bona fide starters in the league as your centers is good, especially when whoever comes off the bench is going to be really good against those bench lineups. The other thing that they haven't done in preseason that I think they might like experiment with in the regular season is I do think Ibaka Zubats are going to play a little bit together. Maybe it won't be, you know, game one, game two, game three, but like by game 25, 30, I think you're going to see more Zubats Ibaka stuff, especially if anything happens with Morris or Batum or anybody like that, you know? So assuming Marcus Morris is hurt for the opening night, which Kind of seems likely. Who is the bench lineup? Is it Patrick Patterson's inserted into the four or? Th- so, I kind of think that's where they go with like a nine-man rotation. And I think in the nine-man rotation, Batum and Kawhi get power forward minutes to kind of, and even Paul George and Ibaka to like mitigate that. I don't like the only other, I would not play Patrick Patterson. He looks washed up. I'm sorry. I like Pat seems like a cool guy. Uh, Pat Patterson seems like a cool guy. Um, I'm sorry. He can't play. I'm sorry. It, it just is what it is. Um, I would rather play Terrence Mann over him at this point. Well, I, I just rely on Pat to shoot wide open threes. Yeah, okay, so that's the thing. Pat Patterson, I know for a fact if he gets a wide open three, I'm actually confident it goes in. That's a weird feeling to have in Patrick Patterson, but that's where I'm at in life. Um, you know what? Terrence Mann's a different Patterson's question. Favorite Pokemon game is Pokemon Snap. Does that change your Does that change your thoughts about him? Does it make you want to play him more, knowing his favorite Pokemon game is Pokemon Snap? Makes me want to play him less. Why Pokemon Snap is great? I don't even know. Is that the one where you like you take pictures of Pokemon? Yeah, it's pretty great. That's a weird game to like love. Dude, it's great. I I don't know how many times I can say it's great, but I think that was the launch title for the N64 too. Cool. Also, in my head, I think Patrick Patterson is 40 and he's like two years older than me. And I'm like, whoa, I'm old. (laughs) How old do you think he is? I thought he was like 40, dude. He's like 31. He is 31. How can you be washed at 31? Have you seen him move? No, I've seen him move. I'm just like, it's so bizarre. Like, also, he was By the way, the crazy part of- on Halloween and he came to the arena in full fat suit and everything. I don't know if that changes your mind as well. He played an entire three years in, at Kentucky. Well, I vividly remember him at Kentucky. That's how old I am. And then he's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's going to his 11th season in the NBA. I've seen this man play basketball for 14 years. So give me give me the one through five on opening night, you think? <sighs> if, if Morris, Morris, is, Morris hurt, is hurt, if, if he's hurt. Okay. If Morris is hurt, I think we see Beverly, George, Leonard, Batum, Ibaka. Yeah. I think Batum's going to get killed. But also, I don't think they care. As well, like, like, that's not like a weird Patterson again, since he's the AD killer, supposedly. He is the AD stopper. Patrick Patterson, it's a known fact. 
Patrick Patterson's the AD stopper. This isn't hyperbole. Uh, somehow last season in two meet- meetings against him, when he started, Patrick Patterson somehow had Anthony Davis, you know, in Guantanamo. So I don't know how the hell that happened, but it did. Uh, it, it must be a Kentucky thing. Maybe Coach Cal told Pat Patterson some stuff. Um, so that's what I think the starting five would be. If you're asking me what I think the bench would be, it'd be what? Kennard, Lou. Oh, Lou's at the one, right? And Kennard's at the two? I don't think it matters. Oh, no, what about them. Reggie Jackson? Oh, God. Um, see, okay, here's the thing. Here's the dirty thing. I don't think Reggie Jackson plays that much. I think Terrence Mann gets his minutes. So actually, Lou, Lou, Kennard, Mann, maybe some sprinklings of Pat, but actually the, the dark horse for the four is Fee and then Zubots. Um, Reggie shoots some wild layups though, man. Oh, you think? You're just now noticing this? When, when Reggie shoots a layup every time, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it's not whoa. that he shoots wild layups. He shoots layups with his back to the basket and flinging the ball towards the rim. It's like that like Michael Jordan 360 layup or the John Wall 360 layup. Except I don't think he knows where the ball's going. I just yeah, don't. I, I just think he's, yeah. He's very fast. Too fast, some would he's say. He's very fast. <laughs> some too, say too he's fast, the fastest man in the NBA. Okay, no one would say that. Um, some have. Some say? Some say. Sources um, say Reggie Jackson is the fastest man in the NBA. In the, he's, I mean, he's probably, the, what, he's probably the fastest guy on the Clippers right now, right? Uh, Him or Rajon Tucker? Well, let's talk about that for a second. Real quick, the Clippers yesterday, uh, now yesterday being Monday, uh, sorry, um, we're recording this on Tuesday. The Clippers on Monday announced that they were waiving guard Jordan Ford, guard uh, Kai Bowman, and forward Malik Fitz. Um, Bowman averaged five and a half points for the Clippers in the two preseason games. He averaged about 11 minutes a game. Uh, Malik Fitz did not make a shot. He attempted only one shot, played about three minutes. Um, I actually saw him playing uh, his college tape from St. Mary's. Malik Fitz has some hops, man. It's pretty crazy. Um, His only shot in the NBA, by the way, was, I don't know if you remember this, from Friday, I believe. He took a hop step gather and jumped, and I swore to God he was going to dunk the ball because he got so high in the air, but he missed his little layup, and then it got, I believe, put back in. Um, The other guy who got cut, or waived, excuse me, was Jordan Ford, who averaged four points a game on seven minutes per game. Jordan Ford made four shots. Do you remember the four shots he made? Absolutely not. I kind of wasn't paying as much attention once we got to that point of the game. A layup and three floaters. And the reason I bring this up is if you've seen any Jordan Ford footage from his time at St. Mary's, this man has one of the nastiest floaters in the game, and he was making it rain in the preseason. And I hope to God he goes to the G League bubble with the Agua Caliente Clippers. So I would love to see more Jordan Ford. That Duke is score. He is a maniac as a scorer. And we didn't actually get a chance to see it, but he has a filthy step back three routine. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more Jordan Ford, even in the G League, even if it's not with the Clippers in the G League. 
that's my Jordan Ford rant. I would, you know, feel bad if I didn't mention Jordan Ford a little bit more. He's built for tough. I, uh, I just kind of laughed when I heard anymore. you say Agua Caliente Clippers. I was just like, what an interesting name. The hot water Clippers, baby. It's like, in my head, I always kind of scratch my head whenever I hear that exactly, you know, all together at once. I mean, yeah, it's a name. Um, I do think Fee might get backup power forward minutes. No, nah, I don't think if so. If Marcus Morris is out. You don't think so? They might go with Patrick Patterson over Fee. Maybe. Maybe he's the Channing Fry that Ty Lue was looking for. I feel like they're going to go with Patrick Patterson over Fee. I think they go Fee for defense. They want the fee fence. That was me being quiet for a specific amount of time because your joke was that damn awful. It's actually pretty great. It was like when the Hornets used to do B fence on the audio instead of defense. Please stop talking. Do you remember that or no? You're. Yes, I do. But just stop. You're making me mad. Defense. <sighs> How do you think Luke he, Kennard's looked? I mean, him his game and Lou's game is kind of the same-ish to me. I don't... Yeah. It's kind of weird having both him and yeah. Lou on the floor. So here's the thing. I think Luke is a little bit hesitant to be a free... Like, a, a free-willing shooter and scorer right now like he looks like he doesn't want to step on toes like especially when he's out there with lou and i'm like buddy sometimes just shoot it like there was an instance on sunday i believe where yeah it had to be sunday because i was watching the espn broadcast um which by the way remind me at the end of this to go on my rant about sinclair broadcasting um so i'm watching the espn feed and Kawhi passes him the ball him being luke canard pronouns pal um and Luke has like a semi-open three, but he passes it up. And you could actually hear Kawhi just say, just shoot it, man. Like almost almost like trying to give him confidence. Like, it's okay if you miss, just shoot it. So I think I think Luke Kennard's trying to find the balance of playing with confidence, but not trying to step on toes. And it's like, buddy, if you miss a shot, it's a good shot. I don't think people are going to be mad. And which, by the way, reminds me, I listened to the Chris Paul podcast with J.J. Redick. Have you listened to that? No, but I've listened to them on each other's like podcast before, maybe like two years ago or so. Oh, they just did a new one. It was really good. Um, Chris talks about his, uh, in the postseason with OKC where um, I guess there was a game like game five or something, maybe it was game six where he talks about, he's talking to, he's talking to Lou Gens Dort and he's noticing that that Dort is passing up these open threes because they're sagging off of them, but he doesn't want to shoot and miss. And he said, and Chris said, I pulled him to the side. He's like, Hey, I don't care if you miss, like, just take it. Like, it's okay if you miss, like you got to take it though, because otherwise like that's the best shot. I think his phrase was, that's the best shot we're going to get. Just take it. And then in game seven happened and Lou Dort goes for like 32 points. I was like, Oh, okay. You know? So it's like, it's the confidence thing. Like, Hey man, just shoot it. Like it's okay to miss. It's okay to miss good shots. You know, it's better than missing bad shots. 
Sometimes the, the best shot you're going to get is the one you have right now. It's going to take a while, so, it feels like, for, you know, him I, and, for him and Lou to kind of get on that level of... I know the bench just looks like it's going to... The bench looks like it has a high ceiling, but it it looks like it's going to take way more work than last year. Like, it's not just going to be right out the gate, like 50 points a game type thing. So that's why I think Zoo makes sense for them on the bench. Because... Like, Go ahead. Uh, I was thinking, like, come playoff time, this is a bench with a lot more, like, like a lot more of a ceiling and a lot more va- variability. That is a variance. Sure, you're looking for, you're a, looking a team for variance? with a lot more variance, not variability. Maybe variability is a word, but it just seemed like <laughs> it, with the other bench, it was a very one note kind of this is what we're going to do and there's one way for us to do it and we're going to play hard and hustle and then pick and roll and if you shut down Lou and Trez then we're done so you hit the nail on the head this current bench looks like it has a lot more options but it's just feels like it's going to take a while to get it to where it needs to be and that's where you kind of need luck and health on your side because if people keep getting hurt or something happens like that whole that'll never be what it needs to be for a while. By the way, variability is a word, but variance was the one you were looking for. No, I was definitely looking for variability. No. Um anyways, uh I do agree with you on that. Like once you shut down the Lutrez pick and roll, it was kind of a wrap for the bench. And now I think there's other ways to score. And that's where Kennard comes in. That's where when Batum's on the bench, that's where he comes in with ball movement. And by the way, I want to say this about Nick Batum. He has very timely cuts. He cuts to the basket very well. I've actually been kind of blown away by it. It's like a very minute thing to like pay, like pay attention to. But going back through the film two and three times for each game, I'm like, Nick Batum moves very well without the ball. Like it's kind of staggering how well he moves without the ball. Like he knows where to get to. So I think he's going to help the bench a little bit, especially under the basket and, you know, operating as a passer, as another pick and roll passer. Um, But I think Zoo helps because he's a better screener than Ibaka and he's big. He's seven feet. He's not going to face many seven foot bench players, which, by the way, I don't think it could be undersold. If you let if you put Zoo on the bench, he has a better option for post ups. So, like, if they switch any of the action with guards off the bench, Zoo can punish them in the post against, like, smaller forwards, you know, if, however it goes. So I'm kind of intrigued from that aspect. Now, is it going to work? I don't know. I'm not a rocket science. Sci- I'm not a rocket scientist. That's the word I was. I'm not a rocket. I'm, yeah, I'm not a rocket. Well, James Harden might not be for a little while longer. Who knows? Um, damn, I should have said... After you said I'm not a rocket, I should have said James Harden would also say the same. <laughs> Damn, missed my chance. <sighs> See now I'm out of I'm out of whack. Anyways, um, I will say this: I'm more optimistic about this team's ceiling than I was about last season's team. Even through two preseason games, they seem um, more willing to talk to each other about what's going on on the floor. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, well, I also think there's a little less 
uh, oh, we're the, we, we were the guys from last year and trust us, like everyone's willing to shut up and just do what's ne- necessary now, it feels like. I really like the interactions with Kawhi and Zubots during timeouts, like bumping each other, nudging each other, having a good time. Um, Lou was laughing it up with Terrence, man, even while they were losing in the second preseason game, it was like 48, 40. And they're laughing it up on the bench, like, like talking about things. They seem looser. They don't seem so damn uptight about stuff. It was also the preseason though. So nothing really. It's also the preseason, but I don't remember them like this last preseason, last preseason. They seem very like, I remember, okay, this sounds crazy. I remember sitting right behind the scorers table the preseason game when they played uh, Melbourne United in the preseason, which is like their second to last preseason game. And like Pat was like, you could just see he was like seething even during timeouts and like stoppages. He would sit on the scorers table by himself, just seething. It's the like, he just was locked in from moment one, which I get, but like I like and he did it in the in these two preseason games where like he had his moments of being like a hound dog and like like running around like crazy and doing all this stuff. But then you look at him on the bench and like he seems more mild mannered, like talking like he doesn't seem as uptight. And I don't know. I don't know if it was like the thing of like they thought they might be wound too tight or maybe they're just the air in the locker room is different with Ibaka coming in with other people leaving, you know, Batum coming in, who's like a lighthearted guy. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like the vibe just from watching them, the vibe looks different. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to win a title. I really don't. No one does. But what I'm saying is like their interactions with each other and the way they've approached it with each other seems vastly different than last year so far. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, because I haven't been in the locker room this year, so I can't really speak to that. I uh... I just know like Pat doesn't have as many best friends in the locker room as like him and Tobias were like BFFs. Him and Zoo are close-ish. And him and uh, Trez were close, but him and Tobias were like the best friends. But the thing is, Pat's in the corner of the locker. Like he's all the way right by the door. And when it's pregame, like he doesn't talk to anybody and he is watching film and then they'll talk to each other when they go into the sermon because they all go into a sermon and they all go together. But like, he's pretty, I mean, he's pretty locked in. Like he doesn't mess around at all. And he's so far away from everybody. It'd be interesting to know where things are positioned now. Like Kawhi and PG are right next to each other in the locker room. So I'm curious if they move Serge next to Kawhi or where that is. And Lou was right next to Trez and Jermichael. So, Oh yeah. I forgot about that. So maybe, maybe zoo is next to maybe zoo and man are, are next to uh or zoo and canard are next to Lou now. Yeah. I don't know. So that's Zeus had the same spot the last two years though. They haven't really moved him. Uh, and same as Pat. Uh, so, I mean, those, those things kind of, th- those things actually, I feel like affect how you see them interact with each other. It's like who you sit next to at school type thing. Right, it's like who you sit next to on the bus and all that stuff. So I, I, I can't say I, – I need to actually look at it, I, but I don't know if there's any f- photos of it since we can't access it or anything this year. Um, real quick before we are done, uh, this just came across. The Clippers and Cedar sinai have donated toys and masks to local youth organizations. 
Um, in their press release, they say this week, as part of the LA Clippers holiday toy caravan presented by Cedar Sinai, volunteers are delivering more than 3,000 toys and 4,000 masks to eight local youth organizations. Chuck the Condor and a small number of volunteers visited the Salvation Army Westwood Transitional Village and Mar Vista Family Center today, and the rest of the presents will be delivered to the Boys and Girls Club of Hollywood, giving youth, oppor- giving youth opportunities, Kelso Elementary School, the Salvation Army Simon Family Youth and Community Center, St. Joseph Center, and Urban Scholar Academy this week. So that's that's the news that just dropped about five minutes ago. So, yeah. What are you doing for the holidays, sir? Uh, Nothing. Not working a basketball game for like the first time in forever, which is weird. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Clippers don't play at home. I mean, if, not counting preseason. Uh, Clippers, because they play on Thursday against the Jazz at Staples Center. Clippers don't play at home till what? Like the 28th or something? Yeah, against the Mavs. Oh, I wanted to do something. What do you think? Excuse me. What, what, what do you think? Uh, to besides the movie quote, obviously, I was thinking, what if we one hot take of the week? That's interesting. Okay, like, can it be a hot take about anything? Yeah. Hmm. All right, you go first because I want to know what I'm dealing with here. Well, I was gonna say Logan Paul's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather, but I don't believe that, so I, I'm not gonna. You give absolutely do not believe that. Yeah. Please stop. I, I don't Please believe stop. That. Okay, uh, what's your actual hot take? Uh, There's a good chance the Warriors won't make the playoffs. See, I like that hot take. That's a good one. I, I, just, I just, I don't know what to do with them. I understand Steph is Steph. I get it. I 100% get it. Where, who else is scoring on that team? I don't know. They just, I don't know. They just, like, Steph is going to have to average, like, 35 points a game for them. And Steph is great, but like 35 points a game is when you're in like Michael Jordan territory. That's James Harden. Every, like, like, I don't think people understand how difficult 35 points a game is. And like everyone's, everyone scoffed at James Harden for how he plays, but that man was scoring 35 points a night. And that's, that's hard. That would have to do for like a guaranteed playoff spot. I feel like for that team, he'd have to go Westbrook Westbrook. OKC the year that Durant left. Or like a star will have to be born, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got the ninth seed. I keep forgetting there's the play-in, like the ninth and tenth. Yeah, that's, keep, that'll be my that'll be my hot take of the week. Okay, and my hot, ball will knock out Floyd Mayweather. Please stop. My hot take of the week. I don't even. I don't even know what my hot take of the week would be. You know what? I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go way off the board. Um, I kind of wish my hot take is. I wish that Mercedes Benz had the balls to get rid of Valtteri Botas in F1 and just make George Russell the second driver behind Lewis Hamilton. Um, I know it's a very niche thing to bring up right now. Um, the F so for those who don't know, I'll just run through this real quick. The F1 2020 season literally just ended on Sunday. They, they had their final race at Yas Marina uh, circuit in Abu Dhabi. Max Verstappen won. He led, not only did Max Verstappen win pole, he led every lap and he won the race, um, driving for Red Bull. Um, George Russell drives for Williams, but is a Mercedes Benz, driver 
Lewis Hamilton just won his seventh world title with with Mercedes Benz. Uh, well, not all of them with Mercedes, but he drives for Mercedes right now. Valtteri Bottas is probably the th- a top three driver in the world for F1. And I think George Russell might actually be better for better than him already, which is insane because George Russell is like 21 years old. Um, yeah, I just think George Russell should get the job. Um, I don't know where it's unfair to Valtteri, who's really good. I just want to see George Russell give him the chance. Or maybe Lewis Hamilton takes 2021 off. That's always the possibility. I have no idea what you just said. I know. I know it's a very select group that are probably like, oh, yeah, F1. But I'm just like, yeah. Dude, you need to watch F1, Farbod. It's fun. That it's great. is probably highly likely not going to happen. So for those who don't know, I'll just say this and I'll be done with the F1 thing. The first race of the 2021 F1 season will be March 21st at Albert Park Circuit in Melbourne, Australia. Um, this past season in F1, they had to redo the, the, the race schedule. They normally race like 22, 23 events. They only did like 17 this year and multiple times they stayed at the same track for two different events. Um, but I'm telling you, bro, F1's legit. It's so fun. It's a blast, man. And next year is going to be wild. 2022 is going to be even more insane. I'm just telling you. Just telling you. Michael Schumacher's kid is is an F1, man. The only Schumacher I know is Joel Schumacher, and he made Batman and Robin. Michael Schumacher's seven-time world champion. His son, Mick, is driving for Haas, the only American team in F1. Come on, man. How are you not excited for this? Listen, Roman Reigns is a heel, and that's got all my attention. Okay, that is a good... He's killing as a heel. Man, people are going to listen to this. We're talking F1 and wrestling right now. (laughs) Uh, Hey, how pumped are you for Wonder Woman 1984? Not that pumped, because I didn't really think the first one was that great. See, I thought the first one was really good. I'm, I'm pretty pumped, especially because it's coming to HBO Max, but I need HBO Max to come to Roku finally. I feel like the first one was... And I don't know if this is considered a hot take, but like when I watched the first one, I, it felt so average, but it was average in a sea of horrible DC movies. So everybody thought it was better than it was. It was like the definition of like a seven out of 10 to me. I don't want to talk to you right now. Um, you got anything else for the good people? Wonder Woman 1987 out of 10. Okay, we're done. I don't know why I record with you anymore. We'll be back um, next Tuesday. We're going to be back next Tuesday. We're going to record next Monday a preview pod of Clippers, Lakers, and the season. And I'll be released Tuesday morning, the day of opening day. So that's when we'll be back next time. Farbod, tell the good people you love them and you'll see them later. I hate you and I hate your family and I hope all the bad things in life happen to you. I drink Haterade. Okay. Man, you're just Dave Chappelle from the wow, the player haters ball. That's what yes. it was. <laughs> I love the Dave Chappelle. I love Chappelle show so much. All right, everybody. Everybody take it easy. Stay safe. Social distance. Wash your hands. Happy holidays to everybody, wherever you are in the world listening to this. We'll see you all next week.
For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/slash Keep Stock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.